Bald Man Campus is presented by QuickBooks. New business? No problem. Success starts with the Do-It QuickBooks. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. That's QuickBooks.com. Bald Men on Campus. With Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Welcome to Bald Men on Campus. I'm Seth Greenberg with LaFonso Ellis and the great Jay Billis. I am outside in New Orleans because they kicked me out of my hotel. But we've had an amazing weekend of college basketball. We saw an incredible game last night between the two teams that competed at a very high level in North Carolina and Kansas. So I'll go to you first, Jay, being that you were on the call. Overall, your thoughts of the game. Not only are they bald and beautiful. Bald! You're bald! They all have very large brains. Quick as smart, It's time for Knowledge Gained. You know, Seth, it was another great Final Four. I, I just, I don't think there's ever been a bad one. And we may have had a, a less compelling game in a particular Final Four championship game. I remember, you know, years ago when U- UConn and Butler played in 2011, it was an uninspiring game. But the Final Four was great. Uh, so it, it's kind of a standalone event in the game. So anything that's going on in basketball that we may not care for, if you don't like, uh, uh, the physicality of the game, if you don't like this, you don't like, that's fine. But, but it never touches the final four. And, uh, I was blown away. The stories were great. Uh, the stories throughout the tournament, St. Peter's, you name it. But the final four itself, uh, was, was all blue bloods. It was unfortunate that Justin Moore was hurt for Villanova that hurt their chances, but in the to to see that epic uh, Duke Carolina game and then get rewarded with uh, with North Carolina and Kansas in the final and then to have that that uh, contrasting halves where Carolina dominated the first and then uh, Kansas dominated the second um, I thought it was it was wonderful and the 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 different stories of Hubert Davis in his first year and and all the positive messages he. Uh, sent about the game, about coaching, about players, about everything. And then Bill Self uh, winning uh, his second national championship and joining an even more elite club and his time with his family. He'd lost his father a couple months ago. Uh, there's nothing uh, but but feeling good. And then it was all topped off by Mark Emmert saying the Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> he did not. He did he not. Did too. He did too. Oh, he no. Did oh, on the podium. Oh, no. Look, look. There are a lot of reasons to, to to criticize Mark Emmert. He misspoke, and 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 a lot, you know, that happens to all of us. We do it in broadcasting; it happens. Yes, but for him, given all the punches he's taken, and and rightfully so, he, he's he's deserved to be punched uh, figuratively, <laughs> figuratively in a lot of this stuff. But but it di- it didn't help his it didn't help uh, uh, to get the perception out there that he's a, he's a competent pro. That was not that 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 wasn't helpful to his image. <laughs> and for me, hey, Fox, 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 yo, before you start, my yes. highlight of the Final Four was doing the post game in the rain and seeing how excited Billis was uh-huh. to being doing the post game in the rain. I think that was the highlight of, uh, of my weekend, personally. How about the well? Because my clothes are so much my clothes are so much more expensive than yours. When they get when they get wet, <laughs> that, that costs me more money. How about the post game in the rain and the equipment being fueled by a car battery? <laughs> ESPN fueled by an automobile battery. That, that was like that was the the ultimate for us. Of, of hey, you three bald guys, we don't give a rat's patoot about any of it. 
<laughs> oh, fellas, it was awesome for me. As you guys know, it was my first Final Four, first national championship game being there. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. And then to have Kansas be down as much as 16 and then battle back in the second half to win uh, Bill Self's second national title. It, it was it was just unreal. I, I, I was captivated, locked in, and uh, man, what an incredible experience for my first. And I apologize for the noise here. I'm standing outside. And, you know, that comeback was really profitable for me, Fonz. <laughs> At halftime, Fonz walked over to me and said, this thing is over. And I said, Fonz, I said, by the eight-minute mark, it's going to be a five-point game. He goes, you want to bet? I said, we want to bet. He goes, five bucks. All I want to know is the people that uh, old coaches, he's five bucks wealthy. I gave it to my wife. She said, I, only, I don't take five dollars. Fifties, hundreds, I don't take five. Uh, look, look I, you know, to me, the interesting thing was, like, Jay, you mentioned the contrast in staffs. I mean, in, in halves were just, to me, it was almost riveting. Uh, you know, Armando Baycott coming out and playing as we were watching him warm up. We were trying, was he going to play? Was he going to play? Can he change directions? Can he run the floor? And he was phenomenal in the first half. He, he had a double-double in the first half. And, you know, North Carolina controlled everything about that game in the first half. They took Kansas out of anything they wanted to do. They got to the offensive glass, 18-2 to two on the glass. Uh, just absolutely defended and, and took Kansas out of anything they wanted to do. And then to see the second half, Kansas come out, score off the first play, which we always know Bill Self's great at. And then Kansas getting into doing what they do defensively, 14 points off turnovers, 24 points in the paint. I mean, it was, it was, it was really just uh, impressive. And then, you know, Uber, just how graceful he was in defeat kind of moved me. I, I, I know, Jay, I think you saw the hit, hit that little uh, soundbite from his postgame. Uh, you've been around him more than both of Bonds and myself. Uh, is he like that all the time? Yes. I mean, the answer is yes. He, he is uh, he's one of the best human beings I've ever known. He has a wonderful balance, as we've all talked about when talking about Hubert, a wonderful balance of being – thoughtful and nice and empathetic. Uh, he's a, he's a man of faith and family. Uh, he, he's the nicest person you've ever met. And then when the competition starts, uh, he's a cutthroat competitor and those, those things are not mutually exclusive, but when the game was over, I think Seth, your, your point is so well taken that he was so graceful. And the first thing he did when he talked to Tracy Wilson of CBS is congratulate and a heartfelt, sincere congratulations uh, to Kansas and their players and to Bill Self, because uh, he really meant it. And then he moved on to to his team and and uh, and was you know didn't like he wasn't looking to apportion blame or anything like that. It was he's just got a great perspective. I, I would call it a great perspective on the game and on life. And uh, and he's a credit you know he's a credit to his university. He's a credit to the game. And uh, and I'm just I, I honestly I feel feel lucky to know him. Fine, yes, you, you've that. known him for a long while. You played against him, right? Sure, both in college and in the league. Yes. When I think of him, I just think uh, I think of I think of the grace that he handles everything with. And it was 
cool for me to see a guy who came in behind an, an icon and Coach Roy Williams, who had won so much, brought his own style and in bringing his four out one style predicated on shooting. It didn't go so well early on. And of course, he's been majorly criticized. And then all of a sudden to challenge his guys to to take a stand and begin to compete. And we saw that take place on the defensive end. He figured out how to use Brady Manick, who I thought is the perfect complement to Armando Baycott with his ability to be able to stretch the defense. Seth, you talked about this the other day. He put the ball in R.J. Davis's hands, which really freed Caleb Love up to be a scorer. And so to just see uh, how a new coach coming to an established tradition who, who failed a bit early and had everyone criticizing him to be able to bounce back and to continue to encourage his guys and to keep his guys positive and to – I mean, a team that we thought for a while, Seth, were, weren't even sure if they were going to make it to the NCAA tournament. And not only to get there, but to get to the national championship game with an opportunity to win it with two minutes to go in the game. What an incredible job by Hubert Davis. And uh, he's going to continue to do so as we go forward. You know, the one, yeah, the one player that I, I think, you know, just reading some stuff and looking at some stuff, Caleb Love had an incredible NCAA tournament, an amazing journey to the Final Four. And you know, I said this morning a number of times, the shots he made against UCLA and the shots he made against Duke were no different than the shots he took last night against Kansas. Uh, and, you know, he is, he's not moved by the moment. Not, you're not going to always make those shots. And I, I said he takes tough, guarded, contested shots uh, and makes them. You know, my, my running joke is college guys take good shots and miss them. Pros make bad, take bad shots and make them. He takes tough, hard, contested shots and make them. He didn't make them last night, but I still, I, I think people need to appreciate what he was able to do. Now let's put it to Bill Self. Two national championships. Patino J. Wright joining that club. 2020, they probably had a legit shot at winning it there. Where is Bill Self? Is Bill Self the guy that's the next? Again, we always talk about Coach Kate. We think about Bill Self. We think about who is the leadership of college basketball moving forward now with Coach K retiring. He is retiring, isn't he, Jake? Yeah, but if he if he does come back, I want him to come back on a really important day for Tom Brady, since Brady announced his comeback <laughs> on Selection Sunday. I want Coach K to target like Brady, you know, some some big deal for Brady and football, and uh, and uh, get a little payback there. But hey, that's a good question, Seth. Like like who who's the next? You know who who's the next group of of coaches? And you know, Bill's probably fifty nine. I'd say he's a year older than I am. Um, so, you know, he's, he's probably got another 10 years, I would say in him, um, conservatively, maybe longer, maybe shorter, given how much money these guys make now. Um, but, but my sense is, and Jay Wright's 60, you know, my sense is that, that those guys are already so established. They're already in the basketball, Naismith basketball hall of fame that, uh, that the, the other guys, you know, like Mark few and, and some of these younger guys, uh, are, and, and heck, Mark Few's about that age too. So I, maybe I should move move to even younger guys. But but we need to probably start identifying some of the younger guys that are that are out there because they're the ones that are really going to have to pick up the baton and run with it for the next 15, 20 years. It's interesting that that we've had these icons for so long that 
a lot of the quote unquote younger coaches, like, like Hubert Davis is considered a younger coach. He's 50. Right. Yes. Like he's 50, got his first head coaching job at, at over 50. Uh, so it, it's different now. It's a lot harder, you know, for a John Shire to exist in today's world, getting a big time job at 34 than it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. I, you know, I think of just the recent national champions uh, you think of Tony Bennett, I'm not sure that's, you know, from a win standpoint and from a production standpoint, yes, I'm not sure that given his personality, I don't know if he has that kind of animated personality to become that guy, or, but definitely from a program standpoint, you know, I think of a guy like Scott Drew, obviously who just won a national championship last year. He has the personality to kind of go along with it, but I do think uh, the next two or three years is going to determine who emerges as that next iconic and it's funny jay that you mentioned the ages because both of those two guys are early 50s as well right so it's going to be interesting to see who kind of steps into that i i can't answer that question either i just think it's going to take a few years for us to be able to determine who that person is going to be and uh, let me throw this out there as last thing yeah look we're gonna have a change in the garden the acc obviously coach k roy williams eventually it's going to be leonard hamilton eventually it's going to be jim Bayheim. eventually it's going to be Jim Laranega. Hold on a second. The trolley is going by right now. <laughs> I am not on it. I did have a wonderful lunch at Luke's. I, I really recommend if you're in New Orleans, Luke's is a fine place for lunch. Right? <laughs> but I mean, there's going to be a change in the garden. You mentioned John Shire, obviously, Hubert. And then we have other news uh, whether it's going to happen, Nolan Smith leaving Duke, the Brotherhood, to become an assistant coach to Kenny Payne where like basically his roots are. And what I mean by that is obviously we know that Nolan's dad played with Kenny Payne at Louisville. You know, obviously his dad has passed. Uh, he has a strong connection there. Obviously Monica, his mom, family are there. But transitioning for so many new coaches this year, whether it's John Shire or six new coaches in the SEC, I don't, I don't include Mike White into that as much. I, I think we are seeing uh, – a trans, a slow transition of coaches. Now, look, John Calipari's not disappearing. Mark Few's not disappearing. Uh -huh. you know, we've got guys that are going to be around for a good number of years that are going to continue to win at the highest level. Like, Jay, I think you said it on our show yesterday. That would continue to knock at the door. It's not, you know, and, and what, like, Bill Suff's going to win another national championship. I would suspect John Calipari will, but there's going to be a next generation of coaches, and I just think it's going to be really interesting to watch who emerges from this young group that's going to establish themselves as the future of that league and the future leaders of the sport. There, there's an element to all of this where you, you say to yourself, you know, it's not going to be the same. Like Coach K is leaving uh, Duke and it's not going to be the same. And I remember when when Coach K was deciding to whether to coach the Olympic team for a second time. And there were a number of people who were opining to him that he probably shouldn't do it, that that it's not going to be the same the second time around. And and he had mentioned to Jerry Colangelo that that, you know, it's not going to be the same. And and I was told that Colangelo said, yeah, it's not going to be be the same. Isn't that great? So so there there's an aspect to this change that is going to be great. You know, we're going to we're going to be sad in a way and grateful that 
some of these great coaches are, are moving on to the next stage of their lives. But at the same time, we're going to have some new stories and we're going to get to know people in a different way. And, and people who have been overshadowed are going to be spotlighted now. And, uh, and th- there are some really good things that are going to go along with that that we can't anticipate yet. And, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that side. I'm, I'm choosing to look, look at it that way because it's happening whether we're looking forward to it or not. But I'm choosing to look forward to the positive side of it. Jay, Seth, do you, do you guys think that it's a little bit more magnified in college uh, compared to the NBA because uh, the, the, the players are really the brands in the NBA and in college, it's the iconic coaches, obviously with players only stand for, well, these days only stand for one or two years. Right. And so uh, do you guys think it's more magnified because of that reason? Yes. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah. I mean, the, the coaches are the focal point because the coaches are the constants uh, yeah. in the, in the, in some of the elite programs, but like Bill Self just won a national championship with one first round draft choice. And, mm-hmm. You know, starting basically three guys outside the top 100. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it with this. And you guys, let's get one all last word is there's a lot of different ways to win. And there's a lot of different ways to build a program. You can win it with one and done. You can win it with older players. You can win through the portal. You know, the biggest thing is finding hard-nosed, tough, winning players that are good enough and allow themselves to be coached and buy into each other so that you can win at the highest level. But, uh, you know, I think this watching Bill self-coach this team, and watching the makeup of that team, watching Hubert coach his team in the championship game, and seeing the makeup of that team, seeing Bill Nova and the makeup of their team, seeing Jim Laranega's team and the makeup of that team. As you know, we go right through the Final Four. I think uh, I think our game is in a really good place because it's a number of different ways you can build, maintain your program, which uh, I think that's what made this season so compelling the two teams in the national championship game last night had a good basic core and then used the transfer portal to bring in guys who were like the perfect fit for the needs of those programs. Remy Martin, uh, Kansas didn't have a guy who can create their own offense off the dribble and create for others. Remy Martin had back-to-back 20-point games and 11 of his 14 points in the second half last night off the bench, having fuel Kansas uh, to Bill Seth's second uh, title. And then I think at North Carolina with Brady Manick coming from Oklahoma, a guy who had uh, NCAA tournament experience. They figured out a way how to uh, make him like the perfect complement for Armando Baycott inside, outside. And so experienced teams with veteran guys going to the portal to get guys who are perfect fit for their programs. I think that's the, that, that's the way to approach it. And obviously it was very fruitful for those two teams. I'll finish by, by saying this, Seth, to your point about, about the game is in a really good place. I agree. College basketball is in a really good place, and I love it. I always have, and I always will. But I do, I do think that, that we should continue to strive to put it in a great place and, and, and keep, keep putting it in a better place. That Because we had a great Final Four, and I'm not saying either one of you guys are saying this. None of us are. But we're always going to have a great Final Four and leave feeling good about the game. There are so many things that we can and should do to enhance this game and make it better. Some of them are rules of play, uh, uh, you know, changing a rule here and there. Some of them are on the structural side so that we get better leadership, so that we can make quicker and better decisions while the landscape changes. 
And then some of it is, is how the game is covered by all the, the, the media entities and how it's scheduled. And one, one quick example, and then we'll go, but I would like to see uh, college basketball move a lot of its really good non-conference inventory into late January and February as we head into March uh, so that we have more, more great non-conference games when football is over and more people are interested because we shouldn't be just telling these amazing stories uh, of all these players and these teams during the NCAA tournament. And I know we do that and Holly Rowe and all of our, all of our people do such a great job of that, but the game doesn't seem to be as in tune with, with all those things until we get to the end. And, and I think we can do better with all that stuff. But but um, but the game's got to help everybody do it and uh, and the leadership in the game. And, and I'm hopeful that we can you know, continue to strive to make it better because it's really good. Um, but there's no guarantee it's going to stay really good. Um, we have to we have to be attentive to it and uh, water it and mulch it and fertilize it and make it grow. And Seth, I got plenty of fertilizer. Nobody puts out more fertilizer than I do. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. We fertilized one thing two years ago. We didn't have a tournament. Last year we had a tournament, crowned a champion in Baylor. It was a sterile tournament, and this year we had a tournament with people in the stands and an energy and a passion and enthusiasm. And I agree with everything you said. But man, it was great to sell this weekend. Even though we were only here one day, but it was a special day. Jay actually held it held it together for us. Uh, yes. Man, it was it was special to be to feel the final four again. You know, I've been to 41 in a row before COVID. Just being here for me was almost emotion. Just seeing it was a slice of normalcy and a slice of a, it, it was a comforting feeling. Obviously, COVID made us all appreciate some things that we maybe took for granted, but it was really just comforting to be here and, and see the game and every and all its shareholders under one roof. It was pretty cool. It was really, and by the way, this this podcast is not going away. Bold men on campus with suntan lotions and and a hat. We'll be around this summer at some point, right, Taylor? That's right, guys. Hey, well, real quick, peak and pit of the Final Four weekend for you personally. Flight delays, bad food, good food. It was doing post game in the rain. That was your peak. yeah. Post, for me, the for me the uh, the peak was chicken and waffles at a place called the tackle box. And, uh, and the, the pit was uh, standing outside in the rain doing our sports center hits after the championship game. It doesn't get any lower than that. (laughs) (laughs) The peak for me was actually being there and experiencing my first final four national championship game. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, wow. The Valley for me was after I shaved my head and face yesterday and getting ready to take a shower, I had no water. Well, we stay at the finest establishment spots. Money is no <laughs> object here. Yeah, you understand that, don't you? My, my peak was just being here again, uh, and feeling it and seeing it and, uh, probably complimenting that was seeing that. Hubert Davis's post-game press conference, it sounds silly, but it was such a good message for all of us that it's okay to compliment the other guy. It's okay to appreciate someone else's success while you're still striving, striving to get there. 
my valley is that I'm going to be on an airplane and then I'm going to be on another airplane and both of them right now are delayed and uh, who knows when I'll get home but I went to Luke's today for lunch and I strongly suggest that the next time you're in New Orleans that's a deal <laughs> that's a wrap <laughs>